0: Hello friends. Have you ever been to Mars? I haven't. Do you know why? Because nothing ever happens on Mars. Did you catch that reference? If you did, then I'm glad, but I'm not going to spoon feed you and tell you what it was. This is how Mars works. And it was from April 22nd, 2014. And it is my pick for the Saturday Select. Please do enjoy. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Jerry's over there. We all have um, eye boogers, (laughs) because this is an early morning, unusual early morning edition of Stuff You Should Know. Welcome to Morning Edition. We should just talk like this. We got, uh, on NPR. we got taken to task in a snide email from a uh, morning talk show, TV show host. Did you see it? Uh, about the Inquisition? Yeah, he's like, way to release the Inquisition on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. kind of a slap in the face. So I responded, I said, actually, it came out on Fat Tuesday and by sheer coincidence. He's like, yeah. thanks for the reply.
0: I responded to him too. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I was that
1: clever. I said, I had no idea. Yeah. It was like our our medical marijuana episode being our 420th. Yeah. Utter, complete coincidence. Guaranteed, everybody. I think over the course of 600 plus shows, you're going to have some weird coincidences like that, you know? Yes.
0: I certainly didn't know it was Ash Wednesday.
1: I didn't either until I went to the mall yesterday evening and a third of the people were walking around with charcoal crosses on their forehead. Nice. It's like, I had no idea Atlanta had this many Catholics. Yeah. Good going. They're everywhere. (laughs) They sure are. (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, they didn't used to be. You know, I grew up Baptist here, and I didn't know many Catholics growing up, but...
1: Well, Atlanta became a transplant town since then. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you about another transplant, Chuck. Yes. Possibly life here on Earth from Mars.
0: Oh, yeah? Is
1: this your intro? Have you
0: got breaking news?
1: No, that was it. Oh. but Do you remember we did an episode on um, the origin of life on Earth, remember? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. And one of the possibilities was that it was from Mars. Yeah, yeah. And one of the um, pieces of evidence of this possibility was the Allen Hills Rock from Antarctica. Right. A Martian meteorite that was discovered in 1984 that was studied and studied. And they thought in 1996, basically, Bill Clinton said, we found evidence of life on Mars. And then they studied it again, and they were like, maybe not. And now they're studying it again. They're saying, yeah, it's possible. It's very possible that this 4.1 billion-year-old rock is showing evidence of fossilized nanobacteria. And this is all still Bill Clinton saying this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In his underwear at home. He's the authority. (laughs) He's talking to the TV again. Nice. Uh, But, yeah, we're going to do how Mars works. Uh, Tom Hanks, this one's for you.
0: Uh, Big
1: space guy. Oh,
0: yeah, sure. Okay. I didn't know if I was missing something there, like he did some movie that I didn't know about.
1: No, if I said Gary Sinise, this one's for you. That would be a a Mission to Mars reference. I did not see that. Mind-bogglingly odd and pretty bad. Yeah, I heard. That's why I didn't see
0: it. That and Red Planet, I didn't see either one of those. Red Planet, I don't know about. Yeah, but that kind of brings us to a point that we've long been fascinated with the Red Planet, going back to, you know, War of the Worlds and early science fiction and martians and yeah Mars has just always captivated us because you know sometimes you can see it with a telescope yeah and it's not like uh what's on the other side of us is it venus
1: venus yeah we
0: don't know much about venus
1: shrouded in mystery
0: there are no uh venusians that we're afraid will come down here and attack us
1: <laughs> i think it's venusians venusians which is different from venetians yes which are people from venice right which strangely enough um Kind of coincides with a guy named Giovanni Schiaparelli. He might not have been from Venice, but that man was definitely from Italy. You think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a. Uh, can you say his name for everybody, Chuck? Who? Giovanni Schiaparelli? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> man, have you been practicing at home? No, I just. I've been eating a lot of pasta. That's good stuff, man. So, um, Schiaparelli in 1877 decided to draw a map of Mars. And. His conception of Mars, what became the popular conception, if it wasn 't already, yeah, um, was that Mars was a um, a lush planet with civilizations, yeah. and he named the regions of Mars accordingly, like Elysium yeah uh, which which um culture believed that that was heaven oh, i don 't know i can't remember man i haven't heard that we you know we've discussed it before well, Elysium i haven 't retained that. Um, Another part was called Utopia, Arcadia, basically yeah. all these different names for paradise reflected the idea that Mars was a, a very similar to Earth, most likely inhabited by intelligent beings. And um, as proof, uh, Schiaparelli drew canals that he noticed on, the, on Mars, yeah. which suggested that this advanced civilization had dug canals to um, route, water from the polar ice caps, which are visible here on Earth, yeah. to the central locations where their civilizations were. Yeah, get water to the Martians. Yeah, and this established like what Earthlings thought of Mars for Earthlings. 100 <laughs> years almost.
0: Yeah, uh, about 40 years after that, a U.S. astronomer named Percival Lowell um, wrote a book also about Mars where he actually talked about civilizations. And uh, the problem was he, he, he was, wasn't really based on anything. It might as well have been science fiction.
1: Right, and yet they named the Lowell Observatory after him. Oh, really? I believe so.
0: He was an astronomer, so it's not like he was... He wasn't just making stuff up, but he didn't have, like, hard evidence.
1: He made a lot of stuff up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he Well, he interpreted it without any evidence, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then wrote a book, and that became the impetus for Mars-based science fiction.
0: Yeah, it really captured folks, and that's when, uh, like I talked about, War of the Worlds and uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, The Princess of Mars, and... It's just always been
1: just out there staring down at us. Yeah, speaking of War of the Worlds, it even says it in this article. It did not cause a national panic in 1938. That's a myth. Did you know that? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I knew the the full story. Supposedly, when H when um uh who directed Citizen Kane. Orson Welles. When Orson Welles carried out this radio. Oh, yeah, play, yeah. It scared it, everyone, right? It caused a panic. People Not were wild in the streets committing suicide, uh-huh. like doing all sorts of stuff. No, it isn't true. Um, apparently, the newspapers got wind of this rumor and played it up. And um, the reason they played it up was to prove that radio couldn't be trusted as a source of news because it was a big competitor to newspapers at the time. Have you done a, a Don't Be Dumb on that? No, maybe I will.
0: Can I plug that? Go ahead. Josh has a web series called Don't Be Dumb that is very funny and uh, strange. And you learn stuff. It's like the perfect one, two, three punch. Weird, funny, and you walk away with some knowledge. Thanks, man. And everyone likes it that watches it, so we just need more people to watch it.
1: Give me the weird sausage <laughs> finger Steve McQueen clap. I think that's, that is weird. Go ahead. Oh, the, the director? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he was clapping weird, wasn't he? At the Oscars? Uh-huh. Apparently, he and um, the screenwriter who won an Oscar for that movie yeah, uh, for 12 Years a Slave do not like each other. They oh, had a dispute really? over the writing credit. Oh, yeah. The writer walked right past him, and Steve McQueen didn't even turn to look at him as he was walking up to get his Oscar. I did kind of notice that. Yeah. Well, if you read D he rooted it out and found out that it was over a writing qu- credit. Is that why he was clapping weirdly? Yep. <laughs> He was showing his disdain with sausage so fingers. So
0: weird. All right. So um, this weird early fascination with Mars, like I said, we didn't have a lot of information other than just sort of looking at it from Earth. Right. Um, and it wasn't until uh, the 60s and 70s that we started, and many countries started exploring Mars, but we started sending um, orbiters to take a closer peek, and then eventually orbiters led to landers and rovers. Yep. And it's been like... Kind of a prime directive of NASA for a while, yeah, not one of them
1: and and it was um when they scrapped the space shuttle um, program, I remember NASA was saying like don't worry everybody we're going to go to mars we're going to focus on mars that 's why we 're not doing the shuttle anymore, right um, and apparently they are there was just as recently as yesterday, NASA testified about its budget, and um and they were saying, well, we've got a really great thing planned. We're going to get this asteroid. We're going to maneuver it with a robot into lunar orbit so we can go visit it later. And the senators at this hearing basically said, boring. Really? Yeah. They're like, what's this backup Mars mission listed? And they're like, oh, well, we're talking about doing a man flyby of Venus and Mars in 2021. The senators are like, Mars, 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 wow. Mars. Wow. So it looks like NASA's going to be forced to go to Mars whether they like it or not.
0: So it's still captivating if it's captivating the dum dums in
1: Congress. Well, they even said, like, the asteroid mission, that's not going to spur the public, the public imagination. Like, going past, sending a person past Mars, that's what you want to do, NASA. Huh. And NASA's like, all right, but. There's gonna we could probably mine the asteroid. And the senators, I went, Mars, 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 and they all went to a bar afterwards. Yeah, okay, Jim, you want to go to Mars? And he was like, All right, yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, so where should we start here? Um, well, let's start with the origin of Mars. That seems pretty appropriate.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. I love how scientists piece together ancient history of yeah. the cosmos, you know?
1: Yeah, without having ever sent a geologist there. It's all, I mean, even before uh, the rovers, it was basically all just based on photographs yeah. and, and and surmising from those. Now we've got the Curiosity rover, the third rover up there. It's still up there, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Or it doesn't come home, does it? No, it won't. It'll but it's still operational. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were thinking, I think it was a two-year mission, but it could go longer than that. I think it's already gone a little longer than that.
0: I think it went Has up in, it really already? I think it went up in late 2011. Oh, wow. So I think it's been there a little over two years.
1: Well, good going, Curiosity. I might be wrong. Um,
0: all right, so there's basically five things that uh, they surmise happened to form Mars, which we'll, we'll list and then get into in more detail. Um, it initially formed from uh, clumping together of little tiny objects until it made a big round planet. It was an accretion disk. Yeah. Like, just like Earth. Just like Earth. Uh, Then there was a lot of uh, meteor bombardment all over the the solar system, and Mars was, of course, affected.
1: Just like Earth.
0: Just like Earth and the moon. Uh, The mantle was very hot and pushed through the crust, lifting up portions of it. Just like Earth. And then there were a couple of, uh, they don't know how many, but at least a couple of periods of lots of volcanoes going on. Say it. Just like Earth. <laughs> lava flows, and then finally the the planet cooled down and the atmosphere thinned out to leave us with Mars,
1: unlike Earth, right? Uh, and Mars's formation was virtually identical to the process that formed Earth. It's about half the size, but they're at, in the beginning as far as makeup and the processes that they were undergoing. Yeah, they were virtually identical. Yeah, and being half the size
0: is pretty key to uh, why it's not like Earth.
1: Yeah, more. yeah.
0: Um, one of the reasons. So I guess we should get into some more detail about this, huh? I think we should. The accretion that you talked about, these small objects about uh, took about 100,000 years, and as the gravitational field got stronger, it kept pulling in more of this stuff, and it would crash into the planet mm-hmm. and uh, and get hot, basically, and just sort of meld together. Yeah, I was like,
1: oh, Mars.
0: <laughs> and that was interesting. I looked up why planets are round, And the reason why is because the gravitational field... And
1: the spin. Uh, It's sucking everything into the dense core.
0: Yeah, well, it's the core... The gravitational field behaves like it's coming from the center. Mm -hmm. And everything else thinks it's coming from the center. Including me. So the only way to get everything as close to the center as possible is to make a sphere. Like, obviously, if you had a square, there would be a corner that's not as close as other parts.
1: That'd be a creepy planet, like (laughs) a
0: cube. Yeah, but I wondered, you know, or why doesn't it look like an asteroid, let's say? Mm. uh, But asteroids don't have the kind of gravitational force to draw everything in like that to form that sphere. Right. It's called isotatic adjustment. Nice. Yeah, I just thought, wait a minute. All these things are perfectly round. (laughs) Or not
1: perfectly round. I want more pyramid-shaped planets. That'd be kind of cool.
0: Um, all right, so that was the accretion, and now you have gas being released, uh, from cooling after the core and mantle and crust have formed in this hot ball.
1: Right, and as the, um, as the gases are being released in the hot ball, um, they are, uh, forming this atmosphere. They're supporting an atmosphere. They're floating out and, um, kind of hanging around. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And, um... So you've got an atmosphere in place. Yep. You have a molten core, you have a softer mantle, and then a crust that formed. Like Earth. Yeah. And um, as that, that uh, softer mantle and the molten core press up, you have volcanic activity. Yeah. Which releases even more heat and gas, which makes that atmosphere even thicker. And at this point, they think that there is a period of um, water presence on Mars, where it was raining. So then after, you've got a primitive atmosphere. All right.
0: And then, uh, as it says in the article by uh, Craig, he's a great writer for us.
1: Yeah, PhD.
0: That's right. Uh, he said Marge, Mars couldn't catch a break, which was pretty accurate. And it was uh, pounded by meteors in the solar system, forming uh, craters and basins and all sorts of interesting landforms and you know the same thing happened here but we had like water and uh things like that to cause erosion and fill it fill it in uh on the moon there isn't anything like that so you still see those craters right and uh but the same thing happened on mars
1: yeah and actually there was water on mars um that bombardment and the that caused the magma to come up out of the core of of mars yeah creating volcanic activity and shifts in the mantle and the crust um, all released hot gas into the Martian atmosphere, which thickened it and increased its temperature, which led to rain. Yes. F- rain, flooding, erosion. So there was like a, a period, at least for a little while, of um, the presence of water on Mars. There still is, dude. The pl- the presence of unfrozen flowing water. Uh, Yeah, there's not flowing water. Right. But-
0: as of September of last year, they found water in the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Two
1: pints per cubic foot?
0: Yeah. But, the, but that's a spoiler. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Actually, it can't be a spoiler, but it happened in the past. Right. Right?
1: Yeah, but if no one... If you yeah. haven't
0: heard of it yet. Yeah.
1: Alright. Sorry, everyone. Uh,
0: so then Craig likens to Mars at this point as a soft-boiled egg, and as the eggshell is cooling, uh, the the yolk is going to start busting through the mantle, and that's like
1: on Earth, is what is going to form things like volcanoes. Mm-hmm. And again, those volcanoes and that activity led to that atmosphere and the periods of rain and flooding and erosion. Yeah, Olympus Mons. Yeah, that's a good Pixies song. Is that a Pixies song? Bird Dream of the Olympus Mons. Nice. Yeah. I don't think I knew that one. What was that on? Uh, Tromplemon? Yeah. Okay. Uh
0: Olympus Mons is the lar- the largest volcano there, and it's like it makes Mount Everest look like a molehill.
1: As a matter of fact, it's the largest point in the known solar system. The highest point? Yeah. Yeah. The tallest. Um. Uh, remember our myth-busting episode? Yeah. Where we showed that Mount Everest wasn't the tallest mountain, but it's Mount Aloha? Yeah, yeah. Um, On Earth, Mount Aloha is um, something like... I think it's six miles from the ocean floor. Uh. Yes, it the rises... Six, nice, Chuck. And um, it's 140 miles wide at its base. Yeah. That's a big mountain here yeah. on Earth. On Mars, which is, again, half the size of Earth yeah. in diameter, uh, Olympus Mons is 16 miles tall. Wow. And, and that's three, not from an ocean floor either. No. You know? Because there is no ocean on Mars. <laughs> exactly. But if you want to see something cool, type in uh, uh, Mars, what would Mars look like with ocean... And people have done like um, oh, simulations really? of it. It looks really neat, like vacation worthy. Uh, like you would want to go there to vacation. Yeah, I means like a sunny beach with uh, <laughs> no an ocean. It, it looks like Earth, but with weird continents. Okay, um, and then it's 370 miles across Olympus Mons is. That's large. It's big, and they have
0: like pictures if you Google it uh, that compare it to Everest, and uh, it just dwarfs it. That's right. And you can see pictures of it too. You know, they snap
1: photos of it. It's Pretty impressive. Right. It's a big, large volcano. <laughs> which eventually went dormant. All the volcanoes on Mars went dormant. That's a, right. A, somewhere possibly about three billion years ago. And um, as the volcanoes went dormant, the, um, the, the heat was released, basically. Yeah. Mars had no more heat to give from its core, um, which meant the atmosphere wasn't being fed any longer. So it thinned which led to a drop in temperatures.
0: Yeah, and how we mentioned earlier how the, the fact that it was smaller than Earth is one reason why it's not more like Earth. That's the reason it cooled so fast. Yeah. Like Earth wouldn't have cooled nearly as fast.
1: No, huh? and um, it also kept a magnetic field going thanks to its molten core. Mars did not any longer. So you got a thin atmosphere, yeah. cold temperatures. Um, the atmosphere that was there started freezing and falling to Mars and was stored as ice, any water that was already on the planet's surface turned into permafrost, yeah, and um mars became it underwent what's called the great desiccation event, oh yeah, where it became a barren, deserted desert planet, yeah, I mean before that these were
0: this kind of happened in cycles for a while, like the volcanic action mm-hmm. and then the gases being released, and like major flooding from water right until like you said, eventually it's the cold, not hot right cold, dusty place that we love today.
1: Yeah, and what's um, interesting is that <clears throat> Earth and Mars were so similar as they formed. And about at the same time, about three billion years ago, Mars underwent the great desiccation event, and Earth underwent the great oxygenation event, which gave rise to all life here on Earth. The, pr- the yeah. appearance of algae, which created a breathable atmosphere. Almost at about the same time. So they totally diverged into yeah. two different paths at around the same time.
0: I wonder if the main reason was because of its size.
1: Yeah, the cooling. Like all, it could have it been another had, Earth. Yes. It's interesting. Had it been the exact same size, who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'd be like going there and back right now. Right, on vacation. Yeah. Like Arnold War. Schwarzenegger. War. Yeah. That was a good one. Or Colin Farrell. Yeah. Did you see the remake? No. Yeah. Although I heard the RoboCop remake was, like, surprisingly good. I, I haven't seen it. I not expecting that. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. that's one. I'll definitely wait for TV for that one. Mm. You know? Uh, Man, you really don't care about seeing that one. No. Nah. Not even DVD. Like, TV. Well, I don't watch DVDs. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm streaming like the rest of the modern world. <laughs> not even a laser disc? <laughs> Uh Should we talk about what it's like there? Yeah. On the surface?
1: Yes, the surface of Mars.
0: Um, Scientists have divided it into three major parts, the southern highlands, uh, the northern plains, and the polar regions, which we already said you can actually see from Earth.
1: Yeah, polar ice caps. Yeah, just like Earth. But the ice caps are made of carbon dioxide, so it's dry ice ice caps, and then underneath there is water ice. Yeah. So the
0: southern (laughs) highlands are vast. I love our morning shows. It's always a little more like laid back i feel like yeah like i'm sleepy yeah you're not riddled with anxieties yet no that comes on about noon yeah (laughs) i haven't had enough coffee yet uh so you've got your southern highlands and like i said they are extensive and vast and uh it is elevated it's the, the highest part of mars and heavily cratered
1: and again the highest part of the solar system right because that's where olympus mons is
0: that's right in the southern region the southern highlands Uh, And the scientists think it's ancient, um, these highlands, because of the craters, because the cratering happened close to 4 billion years ago. And that was just meteors kind of just pounding the solar system all
1: over the place. Yep. So the southern highlands are high. Yeah. And then there's a very um, uh, pronounced drop of several kilometers down to the um, northern plains, Yeah. which are low-lying regions. They're a lot like the seas on the moon. Um, But they do feature raised areas, plateaus, a couple of them. Yeah, the cinder cones? Yeah, well, the cinder cones are on the plateaus, I think. Basically, the mantle bulged up through the crust. It's Uh thinner in the northern region. And the mantle just pushed up and formed like continent-sized plateaus um, that are called crustal upwarps. That's a great word. Yeah. I kept thinking I was reading it wrong. Uh, Nope, crustal upwarps. Uh, and the these crustal upwarps, there's two of them. One's a smaller. It's Elysium. Remember? Paradise. That's right. And the other one is called Tharsis. Tharsis uh, in the, the northern hemisphere is divided into eastern and western hemispheres. Yeah. Tharsis is in the uh, west, and Elysium is in the east. Yeah, celestial names are so cool. They really are. You know? What do we have on Earth? New Jersey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not Tharsis. No. Elysium.
1: We should start a campaign to rename (laughs) New Jersey Tharsis. Um,
0: And then like the main city could be Tharsis City, which sounds super futuristic. (laughs) Right. When in fact it's Newark. (laughs) Yeah. Every citizen is issued a sparkly silver jumpsuit. (laughs) Oh, So you've called out Olympus Mons as the highest
1: point. That is where in the... It's in the Tharsis region, Okay. which this article is confusing because it mentions the Tharsis region in the southern um, hemisphere and in the northern hemisphere. Uh, And I looked all over the place to find definitively where it is, and I think the discrepancy comes from the fact that it's equatorial. Oh, okay. It's pretty close to the equator. Olympus Mons definitely is. All right, well, that explains it. Maybe it's both. Right. But it's about at that point... um, that the uh, the highlands drop off into the northern
0: plains. That's right. And uh, in Tharsis, you have some pretty impressive canyons, um, a system called the Vallis Marineris, mm-hmm. and it makes the Grand Canyon look like a tiny little hole in the ground. It is 370 miles wide and 26,400 feet deep. Not to slam the Grand Canyon, but if you've ever been there... Imagine something dwarfing that even.
1: Right. And again, Mars is half the size of Earth. Right. And it doesn't even just dwarf the Grand Canyon. It's bigger than the Mariana Trench, which is 1,580 miles long. So it's a good 1,000 miles longer than the Mariana Trench. And the Mariana Trench is 43 miles wide. The uh, Valles Marineris is hundred and seventy miles wide. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so it's a big
0: old trench. Like you can't even comprehend that kind of size when you're standing there.
1: No, I imagine when you're in it, you you can't see the edges or anything like that. So yeah. you're just, of course, you can't be in it because you know people can't go to Mars. But you know, I know what you mean. We will eventually. You think? Elon Musk predicts he will retire and die and be buried on Mars. That's what he, he said. It's not a certainty, but it's a possibility. But that's his goal? Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, he's got the dough to make it happen, I guess. And the, the vision. Like you say the same thing, but you've
1: just got the vision. Right. You don't have the billions of dollars. No. <laughs> and it's not even my vision. I'm just reporting what Elon Musk said, you know? Oh, I, I thought you wanted to do that as well. No, Go right. to Mars? You wanted to get shot out of a cannon. Oh, no. I abandoned that a long time ago. You did. Yeah. Um, What's the new plan? to be cremated and yeah distributed with yumi okay well that's nice yeah
0: she's really calmed you down she's like first first things first this cannonball thing (laughs) right it's got to go yeah (laughs) um uh, the polar regions you can see from earth like we said and it is surrounded by a bunch of dunes and they are like i think you said it was frozen carbon dioxide right So it's not like the ice we have here on Earth.
1: No, it's well, we have it here on Earth, dry ice. Well, yeah, but just... It's not our polar ice caps. (laughs) Right. And like Earth,
0: uh, depending on the season, the ice caps are going to change shape. Uh, In the summertime, the CO2 from the northern uh, caps uh, melt away, and and there's water ice below that, so not dry ice. As they
1: call it in Spanish, agua ice.
0: (laughs) And that's why apparently we sent the phoenix there, uh, they were like, send that thing up there and dig down into the frozen dirt and let's see what, what it's made up of.
1: Right. And they found water. They found uh, two pints. Phoenix didn't find it. Phoenix found, like, found uh, that the Martian soil is filled with perchlorate, which is a big problem for Mars missions. Yeah, that's like very bad for human beings. It's extremely toxic. It's a thyroid toxin. It has a very quick effect. Um, it has a developmental effect on infants and um, fetuses. So, reproducing on Mars would be a big problem. Yeah. And even in adults, it, it has a big effect on your thyroid, which um, affects your hormone production function. Um, And it's everywhere. It's in the light Martian dust. And Mars has tons of dust storms that envelop the whole planet, which we'll talk about. Yeah, for like weeks at a time. Yeah, and there's perchlorate in those dust storms. So it would get everywhere. So they just found out like a couple months ago that this is everywhere and it's going to be a huge challenge to Mars missions in the future. But they're saying, now that we know about it, we can design around it. Yeah, it just
0: seems so uninhabitable like... I don't know if in our lifetime we're going to see it, a manned mission. Maybe. We'll definitely see a flyby. Yeah? Yeah.
1: A manned flyby?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: You and Elon Musk. I, we will, that's not even just me. Reaching Elon, for the stars. That's me, Elon Musk, <laughs> and the Senate. Okay. Yeah. Mars, uh, Mars, <laughs> Mars. <laughs> They're all so excited. <laughs> so, Chuckers, up next, we're going to talk about the interior of Mars. Okay, so we're back, and we're talking about Mars' interior. Yeah. And to talk about Mars' interior is really boring, unless you compare it to Earth. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is cool. So let's compare it to Earth. Okay. Uh,
0: the Earth's core is, um, has a radius of about 2,200 miles from the center to the surface and is made up of iron in two parts, uh, the solid core and the liquid outer core.
1: Right. And the interplay between those two creates Earth's magnetic field. That's right. Which, which is, allows for the northern lights. Oh, yeah? And compasses. <laughs> what else? Uh, that's about it. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Mars' core uh, radius is only about 900, um, and between 900 and 1,200 miles. And it is probably made up also of iron, but throwing some sulfur, maybe a little oxygen. Mm-hmm. And they believe... Th- uh, I don't I didn't get this. He said it may be made up maybe may molten,
1: but it's unlikely, so they still don't know, I guess. No. And they think that the reason they don't think that it's molten though is because Mars has a very weak magnetic field, um, but maybe not always. Yeah, it probably had a strong magnetic field in the in, before the great desiccation event, right, um, but now it doesn't have one and they, they think that if it is molten, it's not, there's not a lot to it, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Around the Earth's core is softer
0: mantle, like toothpaste, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's way less dense. And it is iron and magnesium silicate, uh, about eighteen hundred miles thick. And that's when you see a volcano and lava flowing from a volcano. That's where that's coming from.
1: Well, it comes from the magma through there, the liquid, right? Yeah, doesn't it? I think so. We did a podcast on volcanoes. Yeah, you think we remember? (laughs) That was a good one, the volcanoes yeah, one. I thought so. I, I was worried about it. And Chuck, the um, mantle pushing up through the through the surface, yeah, accounts for those uh, crustal uplifts, up upwarps, upwarps. Yeah, that's right. Um, and here on Earth, we have things like volcanoes, active volcanoes, and earthquakes, and they're largely due to, if not exclusively, due to um, the fact that we have continental plates. Right. Like the crust of Earth, which Mars also has a crust, but Earth's crust is broken up into these plates that drift and move around slowly and rub up against one another. Yeah. Um, And that's where fault lines exist, and along those fault lines you have volcanoes and earthquakes. Right. On Mars, that's not the case. It has a crust, but it's not broken into plates. It's solid. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And that's why there's
0: no active volcanoes right now. Or one reason. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, while we're talking about Mars, well, we probably should have mentioned it on the surface, but it's a neat little tidbit if you ask me. Do you know why Mars is rust-colored? Uh, no. Because it's coated in rust. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's oxidized iron in the soil, huh? which makes it rusted. It's a rusty old planet. A rusty, dusty, cold,
0: windy uninhabitable, perhaps, planet.
1: Yeah. And again, the reason why it's probably uninhabitable is it lacks an atmosphere, or it practically lacks an atmosphere. There is a very thin one still.
0: Yeah, I guess we can compare that to Earth, too. Um, Mars's atmosphere is mostly carbon dioxide, 95.3%. On Earth, it's less than 1%. Right. Like, you could just stop right there. Yeah. Toxic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, a lot less nitrogen, 2.7% uh, compared to Earth's 78. Not much oxygen at all, only 0.13%. That's a big factor.
1: Toxic again.
0: And um, <laughs> about one 1,000th as much water vapor is on Earth.
1: Yeah, we need that too. Inhospitable. Which is why the, um, the, there are proposals to seed Mars, to terraform it. Yeah basically go in and, like, artificially stimulate an atmosphere to form so that in 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 years, it could conceivably be habitable.
0: Yeah, and we we did a show on that, too. Yeah. This is all coming together. It's a long-term plan, but... Sure. Which means we'll never do it. Elon Musk will. Maybe. His grandchildren. Uh, So the atmospheric pressure on Mars is interesting, too. It's super low, and super cold and that's why there is no water liquid flowing because it's either going to freeze or evaporate. It can't just exist as water these days. Nope. But like we said, possibly, probably did at one point.
1: Yep. So you've got a thin atmosphere, which means a lot of um, solar radiation is not blocked, is not reflected. Yeah. um, Which means that you have very wild swings in daily average temperature on Mars. Because Mars does have a day. It does rotate. Yeah. And actually, it rotates at about the same rate as Earth. The Mars Sol, which is short for solar day, it's just about 43 minutes longer than um, Earth's day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But because it's further out away from the sun its yeah. orbit around the sun takes longer so its year is about twice as long as a year on earth 686.98 earth days which means the seasons last longer right which makes them more extreme as we'll see
0: yeah and you talked about the temperature fluctuation it's almost 100 degrees fahrenheit mm-hmm. on a daily basis
1: the difference in temperature <laughs> this is nutty
0: that's enormous again not very friendly for us humans.
1: No, well, we'll figure it out. You
0: have to pack a big suitcase, you know. You have to pack your your thong as well as your Arctic uh, Explorer coat. Well, you could
1: just wear a thong under your <laughs> Arctic Explorer coat. Well, of course. Wear layers. There, <laughs> It's the key to Mars. Wear layers. Pack big. Wear layers.
0: Uh, but like you said, there are seasons. In the spring and early summer, the sun uh, heats up the atmosphere and the dust lifts up and, and makes it even hotter once that dust is in the atmosphere. Yeah. And it basically is what causes those big dust storms we were talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, the, dust, the dust particles get suspended and invite more heat, which suspends more particles, and um, it creates wind. They're, like 120-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. J- well, just like here on Earth, it creates convection cells, which creates wind— and as those wind speeds whip up, because the atmosphere is thinner, you have to have higher speeds because the wind has less to push against. Oh, less that makes dense sense. dense air to push against. Yeah. So it takes higher speed winds. But once they do hit something like 120 miles an hour, the entire planet can become enveloped in a dust storm. Yeah. That can last months. That's crazy. And again, it's not just dust. It's dust with one of the more toxic compounds known to humanity. Yeah. In every bit of it,
0: yeah, and it's not going to blow off a Mars rover. These things, you know, weigh like in the tons.
1: Yeah, I so think Curiosity's fine. one ton. One ton. And actually, what's strange is the dust storms. It says are um, beneficial because it will blow the any um, Martian dirt caked on the solar panels.
0: Yeah, that makes sense too. Or maybe it might reveal something. Yeah, that wasn't there before, like a, a pyramid. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool.
1: Uh, Chuck, I want to talk about water on Mars.
0: That was NASA's directive, follow the water for many years and still is really because they think therein holds the key to the big question, is there possibilities of having life on Mars? Is there life, was there life
1: on Mars? Yeah.
0: And we're not talking about Martians, unfortunately. We're talking about maybe bacteria.
1: Which could be Martians. I mean, if it lives on Mars, it's Martian. I guess that's a good point. Everybody just basically needs to lower the bar for their expectations of what a Martian is. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Instead of little green men. Right. Bacteria. And um, when this article was written, it was pre-Curiosity. But just a couple months ago, Curiosity confirmed uh, that there is water present in the soil. Yeah, and they think it's everywhere. Yeah, it's basically the soil has a very big... um, Leaching property, yeah, where it absorbs water from the atmosphere and locks it in there. So that if, if we went up there, we could extract, um, about like I said, two pints of water from every cubic foot of soil that's mined. It's pretty cool, it is pretty cool. Again, though, we have that perchlorate problem, it's everywhere, it would get in the water. And one of the ways that it transfers to humans and becomes toxic is through drinking water, so we'd have to deal with that. But ironically, the thing about perchlorate being there, yeah. it's also used in solid rocket fuel here on Earth. Oh, really? So we would need it to get to Mars, but once we got to Mars, we wouldn't want to have it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very ironic. Thanks. So you were talking, Chuck, about how water could conceivably lead to life on Mars. Yes. We, it, it's vital to life. It's one of the um, vital parts of life. Yeah. I can't remember the term <laughs> for them. Not a building block. One of the essential somethings for life. Component? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I think that is it. Essential (laughs) component for life. We worked that out together. This has been Morning Edition. (laughs) And now now they found water on Mars and confirmed that it is there. And they knew all along that there was water ice on Mars. Um, It makes that Martian rock from 4 billion years ago seem all the more likely that it is displaying evidence of fossilized microbes.
0: Yeah, and they used to think that there was methane uh, in the atmosphere, trace amounts, but I think that has been debunked now with. Oh, really? Upon further research, yeah.
1: Yeah, because, again, when this article was written, it sounds like they thought it was still, like they still had detected methane and they didn't know whether it was from a biological or chemical origin.
0: Yeah, more recent studies, um, as of October 2012, um, they analyzed the atmosphere. Uh, for methane six times and basically found no more than 1.3 parts per billion.
1: Yeah, that's not good for evidence of life.
0: Yeah, and that's about 1/6 as much as they uh had previously estimated and they thought, well maybe it went somewhere, you know, and it, and and they uh <laughs> NASA said, "No, it it wouldn't um it would have been super exciting, but it's methane doesn't uh distribute and leave like that that quickly. All right. Like it would still be around." Yeah. So, unfortunately,
1: no methane. Speaking of methane um, as evidence of life, you remember uh, our termite episode. Somebody wrote in to say, did you know termites are like a huge contributor of methane on Earth? They're the second largest contributor of methane after livestock. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Even beating out humans. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Because we shoot a lot of ducks, we humans. (laughs) Some of us more than others. Termites (laughs) have us beat. They're flatulent insects.
0: Uh, so bacteria, um, Martian soil has been known to be like formerly chemically active, but maybe not biologically, mm-hmm. but it is possible maybe, um, because they have a good example in Greenland, um, they found bacteria that was dormant for 120,000 years, frozen in the ice. Yeah. And when they unfroze it, it started multiplying again.
1: In the beginning of the apocalypse.
0: Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. But, They're like, uh, it's not stopping. Possibly, in the polar ice caps on Mars, maybe that's going on, too. Yeah. We just don't know yet.
1: Yeah, they think that um, it is very possible that you could take some of the, the extremophile bacteria, ones that live, like, in um, volcanic vents under sea and things like that, Yeah, and transplant them to Mars, and some of them would survive, especially mineral-thriving um, bacteria, ones that, like, eat minerals. Right. You could put them on Mars, and they would they would do okay possibly.
0: Well, spaceships like if we could possibly bring our own bacteria there by accident as well. Mhm. You know? Just from like I think the international space station had E coli, didn't it? Yeah, and possibly uh, Legionella. Really?
1: Legionnaires disease on the ISI. Wow. Yeah, or the ISS.
0: That sounds like a be- uh, like a movie waiting to happen. Sure. Or I guess they sort of did that with Outland.
1: Oh, was there? A, was it a disease? Oh, uh, no, it a wasn't a disease.
0: It? it was just a cop chasing a bad guy. Yeah. yeah I have to see that again. Close. I
1: wonder if it holds up. I doubt it. Yeah.
0: If it held up, it'd be alien. Like, it would still be in the rotation, but yeah. Outland doesn't play on okay. cable very often, you know?
1: No, it really doesn't. That is pretty good evidence, too.
0: I remember the Outland uh, Mad Magazine um, spoof. <laughs> I didn't have that one. Yeah, that was a good
1: one. Um, So, Chuck, you remember we were talking about way back how the um, Viking and um, Mariner and Mars orbiters provided this evidence that Mars was just a dead, barren planet and really undermined the idea that there was possibly life there and that it was lush? Yeah. Well, it also provided some conspiracy theorists, pretty solid evidence that there was or is some sort of civilization on Mars because oh, yeah? yeah viking 1 in 1976 produced a photo that looked a whole lot like a pharaonic type face like oh, a yeah, statue yeah. I've the, seen that the face on mars uh huh pretty clearly a face if yeah. you look at it uh it was 2 miles from head to toe from tip to to bottom so it wasn't like jesus on a piece of toast no i mean it it's looked huge. like it looked like a a artificially constructed monument a face of a monument maybe one that had toppled and was now just poking out from the Martian soil wow Um, so they looked uh, closer in 1998 but there was a lot of cloud cover so they, they got kind of a garbled look right and they looked again more recently maybe 2008 or 2011 and it's very clearly just a mesa well that's disappointing it is Especially like when you look at that original oh wow, We're yeah,' looking when at you, it now. yeah, when you look at the Viking One photo, yeah, it looks
0: like a toppled statue head.
1: It, yeah, it does. It actually factored into that terrible movie um, mission to Mars.: Oh, really. yeah. Wow. Which I saw with hippie Rob, by the way.
0: Oh really? yeah, nice. Yeah. was that his, the last time you saw him?: It was among that. He just walked into the woods after that, <laughs> never to be seen yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wasn't that that was Brian de Palma, wasn't it? I think it might have been. So disappointing. I mean, it had an all-star cast. Gary Sinise, Don Cheadle. Yeah. uh, I think Bill Paxton, maybe? Or Pullman. (laughs) No, I don't think it was Pullman. Yeah. But I might be confusing Bill Paxton from Apollo 13. Anyway, it it didn't pan out very well. Yeah. But you got anything else? Yeah. um, I don't know why this article doesn't mention it, but Mars has two moons, Phobos and Deimos. Oh, yeah. They didn't get into that at all. No. Um, And... uh, Mars popped up and pops up in pop culture a lot. There's um, the Mars Volta. The band? Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Bowie had a song called Life on Mars. One of the great songs. Uh, The Misfits had the greatest Mars song, Teenagers from Mars. That's a great song. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Jared Leto, right? 30 30 Seconds seconds to Mars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're going on tour right after his Oscar win. I had never heard any of his music until the other
0: day, and I was like, "What are they like?" And Emily tried to describe it, and then she just played a song. Yeah, it's not my bag. No, mine either. But good for him.
1: Oh yeah, I think they're like huge internationally. Yeah, he's got gout. Do you know that? I did not know that. He needs to lay off the pate. No, nah, I think he. Um,
0: I think it was had to do with his weight gain and loss for the John uh, Lennon, um, the Mark David Chapman movie he did. Oh really? Yeah, he got all fat to play Mark David Chapman, and then like got all skinny again. And I think got gout because of it,
1: and then got even skinnier to play Rayon in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, dude, have you seen it? Yes. How thin can two people get? <laughs> They're pretty thin. Yeah, like the two of them together
0: make me.
1: And there's got to be like that one. There's got to be a safe way to lose and regain weight. Yeah, but I'll bet there's not very many safe ways to gain weight to make yourself look pudgy no I mean and then to lose it again I'll bet when that's it's not. been done like from De Niro to Fat Mac
0: on Always Sunny I think they say they just eat like lots of garbage yeah and just pile it on yeah
1: that's not healthy at all
0: no but you know that's one of my pet peeves when you take a fit person and like they gain 30 pounds for a movie and it it's like you don't look like a fatter person you look like a fit person who like has a distended belly right you know
1: yeah
0: it takes years to get this look (laughs) you know (laughs) you gotta work at it sculpt this yeah um okay you got anything else i got nothing else i think this is better than the sun
1: oh yeah as far as our our celestial episodes go far less physics that we had to deal with we haven't done the moon straight up have we I think we have have we jerry have we done the moon I think we did because we talked about its origin, whether it was calved, whether it was a separate accretion. I'm pretty sure we've done the moon. All right. We'll look it up. This is getting bad. We we need to get a list together. Yeah, we do.
0: So we quit boring everyone with this.
1: Yeah. You'd think we'd edit it out, but we just don't. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want to learn more about Mars, you can type that word into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, Josh, I'm going to call this um, your theory on eating what you crave. Did you see this email? No. Um, just listen to the Salt Podcast dudes, and Josh uh, postured that you could get along just fine eating only what you crave. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how serious he was, though.
1: That was fairly
0: serious. Fairly, okay. Uh, I'll agree that about- <laughs> It depends on whether I'm right. <laughs> I'll agree that 150 years ago this may have been pretty viable, but these days it's a different story. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that points to food manufacturers actually designing junk foods that make you crave more of them, uh, mainly sugar and fat-heavy foods. Uh, There's one great book in particular called Good Calories, Bad Calories by Gary Taubes. It basically tells the story of how a lot of what the FDA and USDA recommends is wrong and how it got that way. For instance, the guy who conducted the seven-country study, which is what caused the government to say fat will kill you, simply threw out data that contradicted the result he was looking for. Uh, Throw in the fact that corn is subsidized and super cheap, we have the recipe for an obese, misinformed population that's addicted to sugar and has been fed terribly wrong information about health for a long time.
1: Yeah, um, I've learned recently, like you're supposed to have fats, and there are good fats and there are bad fats, but like low fat is a not a good way to go. Yeah, and it it has been kind of foisted on us.
0: Yeah, foisted.
1: Hmm? Jerry, Jerry likes (laughs) when I use that word.
0: Uh, And that is from Steve Baum, the Baumer, in what he calls good old New Jersey, or as we call Tharsis. (laughs)
1: Tharsis!
0: (laughs) Is he from Tharsis City? That is Steve Baum. I don't know if he's from Tharsis City or not, but he's from somewhere in Tharsis.
1: There is a um, really good uh, article about um, how food scientists engineer foods to make us crave them is on the New York Times it was a couple years ago by a guy named Michael Moss yeah and in your
0: defense I don't think you were I think you meant it more along the lines of craving uh, real foods and not necessarily I'm craving Ben and Jerry's or pretzels
1: right no I meant like like craving a steak or something like that yeah yeah not ignoring that and going with you know a head of lettuce right I hear you um I can't find the name of that article, but it's a Michael Moss article, and it's from the New York Times. And, dude, it is good. It's one of those really extensive long-form ones that, like, should be long-form because there's just so much great All information right. in it. Eye-opening. Yep. So look it up, everybody. It will open your eyes. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Chuck and me, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Or you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com.
0: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.